people, we are back for A2TP, the podcast, <clears throat> back for another episode, and this is episode 105, it's your boy International Walk, it's your girl Tasha, co-hostess with the mostest, and we are back to entertain y'all for another week, I feel like I said that, like a news, like a sexy yeah, like news a reporter, different voice. Like the we are with back the with y'all, um, Friendly Faces, A2TP, episode 105, um, A2TP.com. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Radio, Public, TikTok, Breaker, Spotify. All the platforms you can catch us on. And just so, to confirm, it's spelled out to act to the podcast. Yes, it is. It's spelled out. Um, but this is the 105th episode. You should know that by now. But then we might have a new viewer. That's true. Um, how are you? Um, I'm doing good. I'm doing good today. Um, mentally, mentally, I'm a nine. Um, I feel good. I feel awakened. Mm. <laughs> like a premonition of some sort? No, just more awareness. Um, I think of self, of life. Not saying like I know it all. I'm not aware of everything, of course. Mm. But just a little more than I had last week. Or even a little more than I may have had yesterday. So mentally, I'm a nine. Um Okay. Being intentional, as I stated that I would be making some efforts for myself, and you feel good when you don't disappoint yourself. So yeah, finances. I am a ten. Mm-hmm. No qualms there. Um, yeah, that's good. Work. Uh, work is an eight. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give work an eight. No, uh, yeah, work is an eight. And physically, physically, I'm an eight. So. Physically an eight. Yeah. So that's a nine, ten, eight, eight. Yeah, I think I'm doing pretty good across the board. Yeah, that's that's uh awesome. Yeah, I guess you average it all. It's like a B plus, right? I don't know. What the well probably be a B, not a B plus because you got two eights. But then you got the ten to pull it up, so but it's one ten. Mm. And when you're talking about an average of four, it would be around an eight. I feel like a B plus though. You can have a B plus, you can have an A five, you can have whatever you want. I'm, I ain't here to take nothing from you. I feel like an eighty eight. You can have it. Okay, thanks. How are you? I'm good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mentally, I would say I am a eight. Mm-hmm. So I put myself down for eight on that one. Bam, bam. Finances, I would say a nine. So I put myself down for the way bay there. Um, work, I would say, is a solid eight. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's the beginning of the year and all that stuff. It just got back from um, Christmas vacation. But I want another one. And, um, <laughs> you know, work is work, but I give it a solid eight. Physically, I feel great. Um, physically, I feel great. Um, where was I at mentally? Eight. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with eight. So physically, I feel I feel great. So I am eight nine eight eight. Do you feel better at? And this is in terms to, in uh, to work, since you are a on site worker, unlike mm-hmm. myself. Do you feel better going to work at nicer weather? Like, does the weather impact how you feel about work? Um, not necessarily all weather. I mean, if you ask me just the weather outright, yeah, because rain sucks. But if it's just cold or it's cloudy or um, snow, like, you know, that shit really don't change my mood. Rain changes my mood. Mm. Um, but so definitely. if it's on the other side, if it's like a sunny, bright day, not hot, because I know you don't like it real hot. 
a sunny, bright day. Is that kind of like boost your spirit stuff? Yeah. Because I, I mean, I remember me going to the work, going to the work, going to the office. It would, but even working from home, when you wake up and it's that kind of day, you kind of feel differently. Yeah, yeah. When the sun it beams in your window and you know the sun's out there like that, yeah, it does feel different. Mm -hmm. It's even before it hits you, it feels rejuvenating. Re it, it, it feels rejuvenating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that word oh, didn't want to come out. Wait, we forgot. For, we forgot to tell everybody. What? We have a guest on the show today. Who's the guest? Say hello to Beyonce. Oh man, come on. She with joined this us shit. for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Wilds and woes. Mm. <laughs> My wow. Ups, downs, black, white, stop, goes. Wilds and woes. My wow um, is just that. My PTO bank got replenished because it's the <laughs> new year. <laughs> I see it. Oh, Charlemagne had put up a post saying. Um, a man dancing on a boat, like a, a a cartoon man dancing on a boat, saying, um, "This is what it feels like to take PTO in the first week of the new year." Because <laughs> he didn't come back until the ninth, so he was like, "That's what it feels like." Yeah, and I, I'm trying to plan strategically. You know, my girl Nanette, shout out to Nanette. She was showing me like she got a whole spreadsheet where she got the formulas built in. Like this is her total hours. She planned it out for her family. Like birthdays this is the anniversary and then now of course you may not stick to all that but that's the plan i want to be more organized like that you know because i know i have pto i can request pto you you don't your time isn't as stringent meaning you don't have to like make no month ahead request or anything but you taking off is contingent on the Pro, your project status. Yeah. So you know that. So those are the you know factors that we have to consider. But that's my wild. Just PTO replenishment. <laughs> I'm excited about that. <laughs> okay. What's your wild? Um, you know, I I'm not gonna even try to force it because I can't think of anything immediate. I don't have a wild. You know, I'm feeling um a lot of I'm feeling a lot of things. You know, going on, not bad, not good, just you know, sorting life out. But I feel good, like I'm feeling on the go moving towards the upside, which is a blessing. So I'm not gonna, um, if I will say anything was a is a woe, just knowing what you're going through in terms of grieving. And I don't want to take you in that space, so I don't want to like go too deep into that, but just caring about you and seeing you have a struggle that would definitely be a woe for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't cut that off when I see you having a hard time. I, I try to, you know, give you that space, but I care too much and so that that would be my wow. What about you? Um my wow is that I went to the cemetery to see my nana. And I'm not gonna talk about this too long, but mm -hmm. that was just a wow for me because I needed to talk to her. I needed to be around her. I needed to um breathe around her. Um and it was cathartic. And, um, yeah, that was my wow. Also ties into my woe because, you know, it's heavy. It's, 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 it's not like a easy thing to do. Um, maybe for some people, but not for me. And that's tied into my wow and my woe. I'm proud of you. You know, I know it's been some time coming, so I know you don't want to stay there. Um, but I'm just proud of you and I'm here for you along your journey, um, to be there to support you with whatever way is necessary. Mm -hmm. Beyonce, do you have any wows or woes today? 
<laughs> she said she's just gonna observe. She'll chime in when she. <laughs> We're gonna talk about black people and black power in our culture and in our workplace, and why black people feel like when they get in a position of power, eh, it it's not always good. And I don't mean that in a way like you shouldn't be in power, but maybe you don't um, handle your power and um, authority very well. So why do you think um, it's prevalent when black people are in a position of power, they misuse or abuse it? So one of the, I just want to preface my, before I respond by saying this. I don't want to give the impression that like we um, are... That we speak down on our people, you know what I mean? That we, but we speak from our experiences and um, what we're exposed to, conversations we may hear. So, you know, not that we care what y'all think, but we do want y'all to participate. And if y'all don't like it, let us know that too. But I just wanted to kind of get that caveat because I know we talked about black, um, who was it about tr believing black women and just. That just wanted to kind of say that, like, I don't want people to have the perception, like, again, black people. We're not downing black people. We love us. We wouldn't want to be anything else other than black. But just speaking from our experiences, I think one of the things that is a sad part of society, current American society, and also is a part, part of our black American history, is that, unfortunately, we haven't had as much power as others throughout history. Mm -hmm. We haven't had as many opportunities. And also, in our lineage, and of course, this is not an all or nothing kind of thing, so I'm sure there's some, um, there's some um, exemptions from this, but we haven't had those examples shown to us. Like, we saw a show the other night where, like, somebody was these white guys were having an argument about whose family was the richest. Mm. And it was like, well, your your dad is richer than mine. No, he's not. And it's like, well, your grandpa owns this. And just that was just an indicator to show the generations of wealth, of power, of some sort of status, you know, how well, however big or small, but some sort of status that has been passed down through their lineage, which... In current current day society, a lot of times we are, we, and I'm including myself, you know, us 30, 40-somethings, our first generation leaders. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times our grandparents and maybe even some of our parents, they got a good job at the water company, electric company, Bell Atlantic, you know, wherever it may be. Your uncle Sector. used to work for sanitation, sanitation. sector, and... They got a good job. They stayed there. They wrote it out. Pico. And not, of course, there were some bosses that, you know, somebody had to be the supervisor. So some people rose to the top. Um, but a lot of people just kind of was like, I got this job. I'm good. I'm staying where I'm staying where I am. So, again, we haven't had those examples. And a lot of times also we are in situations where either we don't have people to go to for guidance, leadership, mentorship, or we just don't want to go to them, or they are an example of what you're talking about. So it's hard to ask the black lady who you work with, who is has been a supervisor for 25 years, but she got a nasty attitude. So we kind of learn as we go. And unfortunately, there may be some bumps and bruises where that as people are learning how to be a leader, it, they just may not always do it right. 
So is everybody learning, or do just 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 people just get in positions of authority and do fuck shit? Like because um, like let's say um, you know um, a, a person is in a position. Like I think it stems from that which you talked about, but also conditioning, like us not having anything as black people, and then being conditioned to to be like this every man for himself type of mentality. Crab in the barrel mentality. Yeah, and we, and we all know that we have in a culture, it's like nobody wants to share information. Everybody wants to get in a position, but, but few people share the information on how they got there. And then once you get there, because of the lack of power in family and in wealth and things like that, you, you're the first to have it. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to lose it. So, And I also think it's tied into we know us. Like, black people know black people. And there's some black people that should be in leadership and, and, and roles and, and have um, uh, authority over others. And there's some people who shouldn't. Like, just because their character is not meant for them to lead or they're not alpha people. Um, some people should not be leaders. Like, you can have weak leaders. You can have people put in a position where they... Um, they get frustrated with not knowing how to do the job and that's how they're bad leaders. Some people are just bad leaders, but it's a plethora of reasons why a person can get in a situation. Like you, have you ever had anybody do anything nasty to you that was of color that was above you? I did. I had a horrible uh, manager um, at one time. And, and now I will say this, I've had mostly black leaders, I'm thinking, or maybe... I've had a lot. The good definitely outweigh the bad. Mm -hmm. But the bad experiences, unfortunately... Well, the ones you don't forget. And, and they've been, unfortunately, with black women specifically. Um, where, like you said, some things are a matter of conditioning. Some people just won't change. Mm -hmm. And organizations, in corporate America, it, it, unless you do something very egregious, like stealing, you know, releasing information that you like something physical it, altercation. Of course, like you know, but just minor conflicts and things like that, personality challenges. Um, it's hard to fire people for those kind of things that aren't tangible actions that they've done. They can you can be a bad leader for a really long time. Mm -hmm. So in the corporate world, yeah, in the corporate world. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, now now your growth might be stagnated. But if you're a really bad leader, but you're producing, you could grow in that in that corporate world too. So you know it's it's a weird dynamic. But I, what I will say, I so I don't think everybody is growing or learning as you ask. Mm -hmm. um, I do think some people. You know, recently I was I I am one of those people who I'm always going to reach back to help the next one, specifically if they're black. Not to say I don't think white people are qualified, but if I know it's a black girl I, and I have the choice and I feel that she's better qualified or equally. Now, I'm not in a position to hire anyone, but I'm going to give my feedback, my opinion to help that person grow if I feel that they are deserving. That's conditions, though. You just like it. it you made it sound like it was like I'm going to reach back for somebody who's black. But condition on their head on straight they got they, well, they in a position to do the job that i need them to do 
not just I just want to be specific in that. Like yeah, not I, I'm not one to say just because you black exactly. and you underqualified, but you black, I want to give you an opportunity because I could be setting myself up for failure. It's still it's still business. It's yeah. not personal. Yeah. Now but when I say reach back, once I know that person is in that position, hey, how's things going? Do you need any help? If you need have any questions, feel free to reach out if I can help you in any way. Or you know, if I see they're doing something or send an email a certain way, I may respond and say Thank you for the information for future reference. Let's be sure to do to to just help and lead and guide without overstepping, of course, but just to let them know that you have that support. Um, because it, like you said, not everyone does that. Not everyone wants to share information. Somebody helped me get to where I was. It was a black woman when I was a call center rep who I, I was at a higher level, like a senior rep, but it was a black woman who said who had a supervisor on her team that was going out on maternity leave who <coughs> asked for me to stand in as an interim supervisor. She could have asked any other body. She could have split those people up from that woman's team to her other three or four supervisors and not had any coverage, but she reached back for me, giving me that experience with led to that exposure. So I'm always going to allow someone to have the opportunity to grow if they show that they have the potential, the desire and will to do so. Because like you said, not everybody can be a leader. Some people mm -hmm. are great workers and it's fine. You need people to do the job. We can't we all be the these, boss. Yeah. So some people are really great workers. Um, and some people don't always have the desire to be a leader. They have the desire for more money without knowing what comes with leadership. And that's the worst kind of leader that has that mentality. Like, I'm just here so I won't get fined. I'm, I'm, in, in, in reference to what you were saying in the beginning of, of your statement where in the corporate world, you got to build like a file so you can get fired. Mm -hmm. There's a lot you can do. In my profession in construction, it's the total opposite. Like, if you're not producing within a day or a week you can be fired like you can be just let go and you know being as though the company is in pennsylvania you don't have to give a it's reason it's an at will state yeah, yeah so it's like you just ain't working out you're not panning out and you don't get a call back but um damn I, um when when you when people like misuse power in my profession i've never I work for an all-white construction company, and I'm the only black supervisor there. And I have been for 22 years. Mm -hmm. And I've never worked under anybody who was black. I worked When I first started, I worked under a lot of white guys. And um, some would probably say, when I first started, um, if you define what misuse and abuse is, like I can admit that when I first started, I wanted it so bad that I was like a tyrant. So like what you I, mean when you first started as a supervisor? Yes, okay. like I was a tyrant. I didn't want to screw up. I didn't want to fuck up. Um, I had like $3 million projects on the table that I didn't want to screw up. And it was a lot of pressure, more pressure than I anticipated, but I wanted it. Mm -hmm. And I wanted it so bad that, I mean, I'm sure you can ask some people where it was like, in this situation, he may have been a little bit impatient or you know, a little bit boisterous or demonstrative. And... You know, if you define that as abuse and misuse, then yeah, I probably have done that too. Or if you ask that employee, they may say, "Yeah, I felt abused because he was demonstrative and telling me what he was he what he wanted out of me, or he made me take down something that I built because I wasted time." Like anything like that, they can define that as 
you know, yeah, I, I felt a little bit abused. So I think too. But I can admit that I was a tyrant in a sense of I wanted my jobs to be a certain way. They had to be on time. I had to work with people who work like I did. And if you didn't, you couldn't be next to me. Now I'm a little bit more reserved, but I used to be that way. So I think one of the things to to, to be mindful of is that we're talking about two different cultures: mm -hmm. the blue collar work, um, the I don't even want to the, the manual labor work versus the white collar corporate mm -hmm. America. So with that being said, what helped you turn the corner to? Because I know you're I, I I know you're not like that anymore. What helped you turn the corner to change? your or i won't even say change to adapt your leadership style to be more palatable life like my personal life had changed outside of my work life but my reputation knowing my reputation i didn't like it mm. yeah like i used to like people used to talk about me that never met me that's how much of a reputation that i had right. so it would be like tony and dave said you know, you 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 kick people off your jobs and you don't you hard to work with. And I'm like, who is Tony and Dave? Oh, these two guys that got hired and got fired. Like I never met them, but just the air of that in the air right. had two people that never even met me just putting this this out there, and that kind of like rubbed me the wrong way. Like I, of course I don't give a shit what people think. Like really don't care what people think, but. It was like I cared what I thought. And it was like, damn, I don't like the fact that people think I'm some asshole and, you know, I'm hard to work with because I don't. And I have people around who, who vouch and say all he care about is the work getting done. So mm -hmm. it ain't personal. But if you don't work, you can't be there. So it was like I got tired of hearing my own reputation. And not that it was like this guy's an asshole or he's a dickhead. It was just like he's a bit much. I think, you know, being a leader is, it's, there's such a fine line because one of the things that I stand by is, it's business, it's not personal. If I, I don't care how many, you know, oh, y'all want, well, I mean, this is being in the office, you know, y'all want to, if somebody asks, hey, y'all want to order lunch together or whatever, how many funny conversations we might have talking about the weekend, your job is your job. And if you got to be written up, you're going to be written up. If you have to be reprimanded. And the reason why I say it's a fine line is because you do have to care about people, but but not to the extent it, it's like it's not business, it's not personal, it's business, but it's business because it is personal. Personal meaning for me, this is my job, and I can't risk my job because of other people. So I need you to handle the business. But, but I don't do, think you need to care though. I think you need to care about people to a certain extent of like, okay, just using that as an example, we know that, um, you know, you, you had a situation where one of your workers was injured really badly. Mm -hmm. So I would imagine during that time, his productivity may not have been at the level that it was prior to his injury. Of course, of course. So you have to care about him as a person. Now, some people might have the mindset like, well, if you showed up at work, the expectation is that you're going to work. If you can't do the job, then you need to call out and be home. That's not caring about people. Caring about people is, to me, would be, okay, I realize that your productivity 
may we may have to adapt during this healing period mm -hmm. where instead of giving you x job i'm gonna give you y job where i know you can be productive in doing this even though you would typically do this yeah so that's I, what that's, i'm saying that's, yeah you can care up to that point yeah but, but I, I don't mean care about now you know if you know somebody's grieving that's different because you would have to care about them on that level to to care about like you would be be sorry that something happened to somebody but I don't think if you didn't like somebody and you heard that somebody died in their family that you all of a sudden gonna go up to them and be like, I'm sorry. But no, so I'm I, not saying you care like that, but I get what you're saying where it's like, I care enough to know you're injured and I shouldn't expect you to do the job that you did yesterday. So I get caring like that, but I just think you more so have to manage people. You got five, or in my world, you got five, six, eight guys on the job. That's five or di five six eight different times they might come in five six eight different sets of problems excuses and, and you got to be able to manage that and you um this person you might can't talk to the way you talk to this person like so that's the, the management part i'm talking about and that doesn't necessarily need a level of care well, so, and again, when I say care about people, I don't mean love them or, like, be mm -hmm. calling to check on them. Like, I, I remember I had a situation when I did have a team that I led where one of the girls, well, I'm sorry, one of the women, her um, father was, had, like, had cancer, was having, like, some serious surgery. She still was at work, but it was, like, you know, she was a little emotional, wasn't really able to concentrate, so... For me, I'm like, okay, how about this? I'm going to put you on a different task where you don't have to be on the phone. You don't have to talk to people. You know, you can kind of be available if you if you get a phone call or have mm -hmm. to step out for a second. Or, you know, or it might be a different situation where, you know, somebody is going through something that's like, you know what? Now, I'm not saying going through anything. I'm talking about really serious things right. that you understand from a human perspective would affect somebody. Right. You know what? You got a 12 o'clock lunch. How about this? If you don't take your lunch that, today, just leave at 4. You know, you can pick your kids up because sometimes, you know, and I'm not, and again, you do have to manage people because people will take advantage exactly. of it. Exactly. So I think that's where it has, that's where I say it's a fine line because you want to care about people because if they know you care about them, then they'll care about doing the job. But you do have to keep it business so that they don't take advantage. I had a girl who I will never forget. She was going through some female problems. And I've always been the type of person, like not even just as a leader. If I'm calling out, I'm calling out. I'm not going to be in today. I don't need to give no reason. Nobody else has to give a reason. She wanted to tell me about how bad her cycle was. And then, and then like, I Too don't need to. Yes. Yeah. So people, you're right where that you don't want to, like, make them feel like. people know you care like that, then that's the stories you'll get. Right. That's what I'm talking about when I say the excuses. When they know, oh, damn, my boss care like that. We got a type of relationship to a certain level, then that's when they weigh the heavy well, see, yeah, that, ha that happened that's one time. That's when they time. weigh the stuff on you. <laughs> yeah. and it's like, damn, like, you almost expect me not to do my job right. in spite of our friendship. And it's like, I can't do that. And I think, so I think that's one of the qualities that has made me a good, well, I, I know that I have been a great leader is because I've been able to have, to be relatable to people and to care but to keep that line, like, we not friends. I understand you may be going through something. Do you need time off? I would rather you take time off and you not be here rather than to be here and not do your job. So let's figure out what works best for you. 
because the job still needs to get done. That's how it is in the construction world where it's not it's not necessarily you get put on a lighter task. My my style of letting somebody have their space is just go home. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you don't have to be here. Now, if you say, like, I I've had my money. Yeah, I had people say, yeah. like, yo, like, I need my money. Then it's like, okay, now we can think about what right. tasks we can put you on, or maybe you want to work by yourself or something like that. One of the things, too, I wanted to mention when you talked about corporate America and not them keeping a file on people before they let go. We live in such a litigious society. It's unfortunate that companies have to do that because people be looking to sue for anything. Yeah, but how many normal folk are, are if you're a girl in a call center and you fucking up calling out every Monday and, and doing dumb shit and going to the bathroom for 45 minutes and they fire you. Who you get? What lawyer you getting to sue? What right you got to stand? If on? you say I was sick, I or my child was sick, I had to check on is them. There, just or, like they, is there any record of that? Is there a record that you told the company you was sick? Or did you be, go through the proper channels? But that's the thing. They wanted me to reveal my person, my pee, like they're HIPAA. They're not. They don't have to reveal their health. So that's where I, again companies they have that they got to kind of walk on eggshells and make sure they cover themselves. And then also you talk about unemployment. If somebody quits, they can't get unemployment. Right. So they'll try. Yeah. So that's um, why, you know. If, like I was being honest, do you think like in that aspect of I, the way I was speaking, do you think somebody could say Natasha was a bad? And also you shouldn't say that like yourself. I'm, I know I'm a great leader. The people you lead should say you're a great leader. Well, I've been. I, I have know. I know. I'm just saying. Feedback. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know what? I think that. <laughs> Okay. Could somebody say, will, like, I, she had a way she talked to me or the way this was delivered to me or the way she didn't deal with me, I, I felt think, a little uh, some type of way. So I think early on in my career, um, I had a very, I don't have a good, um, I can't be phony, like, with anybody in my professional or personal life. If I'm not feeling you, like, you're going to know I don't have much rap, I don't have anything to say. And I think early on, there probably are some people who probably saw like, well, damn, like, you know, she might bust it up and be laughing with such and such. And when I come to her desk, it's like all serious. What's up? How can I help you? Right. What do you need? Like, I, like because if you don't need them, you move on. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Or like, yeah. I do so. that at work. <laughs> if I'm talking to like Danny or somebody and somebody walk up, I'll be like, yo, what's up? What you need? Yeah. Like, because if you don't need nothing, we're having a conversation. Like, move the fuck yeah, on. Yeah, and they, and they, you know, they wanted the, the chit chat and the camaraderie. And so, but what I had to learn was, you know what? I had to kind of pull back from everybody to kind of. No, I'm not going to change who I am. I'm going to have a good day. I'm not going to be fake Mrs. Serious all day. But I had to be, um, have more of a poker face so that they wouldn't feel those vibes. So mm -hmm. I think if anything, that's probably something that somebody could say, you know, and I, I was, I was, I'm always, and I, people do compliment me on that. Like when they talk to me, they're like, you you keep it real. Like I I talk to them like I'm talking to y'all. Of course, I mean I don't, I don't use profanity that much anyway, and I don't use slang and stuff like that. But when I you hear me like on calls and meetings, like I don't have a corporate voice anymore. I used to early in my career. Yes. But I talk to them like I I'm talking. You had a phone voice. I don't know about corporate, but it was a phone voice. Yeah, I don't talk like like so. I I try to be very relatable. Um, but I think, so, again, early on. 
I remember having a team member and she was an older lady. So I, ugh, I guess I kind of feel bad. Like I'm talking about, she might be 70, but she would get smart and like, who are you talking to? Like, <laughs> well, she's 70. Old people don't give a fuck. Yeah, but you can't, t you not going to talk to me any old kind of way. Like I remember she, and she wasn't even on my team anymore. When my name changed, she messaged me like, why your name different in the system now? I said, because it's different. Like, who are you talking to? <laughs> um, so, if that's something somebody could say, it would be like, maybe they thought I showed favoritism, but if I just didn't like you, it was hard for me to fake it. Why is it harder for black people to assimilate to leadership, uh, to a, assimilate to a leadership position and maintain respect? This goes back to mm. just reaching back for people just because they black. And then you in a, and you in a position where this person expects you to cut them slack or slide or because you want to maintain a level of respect and not seem like a quote unquote Uncle Tom company man, company woman. But I think I think, too, with that question, it made me think respect from both ends can be compromised because the people who may be above you may not show the respect that they should be when they realize that. Let me just say, respect should be guaranteed regardless if the person can do the job or not. But it can and be let's, compromised. I'm not cut you off. Let's just say um, any job you have is great, but middle management is probably one of the, the, the worst places to be when you manage people and you have people over you. Because it's a, it is you get pulled in a, in a way where it's like you got people on the left, people on the right. And it's like, damn, like, I want to appease my team, my workers, and and have everybody be happy. But you fucking people on my. You know what's you know what's hard about that, and it's interesting you say that because I remember this being like an interview question in one of my positions that I got. It's like when you have to um, notify or make your team aware of organizational changes that you may not agree with, but you have to kind of present yourself with that, um, united front with the organization. So you won't want to go to, because if you go to your team with a negative perspective, then they're going to perform poorly, mm -hmm. regardless of how you feel about it. It's like you said, you got these people telling you this would your team has to do and you might not like it but you kind of you have to still present it to your team because this is what they have to do so it does put you in that position where it's like let me suck it up right you know be, be so you're right middle management is it's a difficult role and i think the way you can make you, a living there it could be a great job yeah. but and you got to acknowledge the fact that i got the people that i'm responsible for and then the I people got, that I report yeah, to. Exactly. I think the way that you make the best of it is just standing firm on your values, speaking your mind, but, but speaking your mind with something to say. Right. One of the things that I always stand firm on, if I don't like something and I'm going to present my opinion, I need to have an alternative solution. If somebody says, oh, we need to do something this way and I don't think that's the best way, Okay, then when I tell them that, I need to give my opinion. Okay, I don't think we should do it this way because of this, but I think this is a better option. They may not go with my option, but just to tell somebody you don't like something, it still needs to get done. So if you don't like it, how how do you think we should do it? Right. So I, so that's one of those... Don't just be negative. Like, 
here, here's what I think is yeah. a problem and here's what I think is a solution. Like you said, you don't have to go with it. And I think so but, many people get frustrated because they don't speak their mind. So for years, you're dealing with things that you don't think are great ideas. You're never speaking your mind. When you speak your mind, also what I have learned is it makes people want you to be part of the conversation. Yeah. Conversations that are probably above your grade, your pay level, above where you should be. Sometimes, you know, I'm invited to meetings and I'm like, did y'all invite the right Natasha? And they're like, well, we know you have this insight and we want your perspective because they know I'm going to speak my mind. They know I have something to say. So I think a lot of people find intellect themselves... Intellect breeds intellect. Like you just speaking about something that... I a different perspective that I'm not thinking can make me think of something else. Smart people think like that. And so back to your question about the lack of respect, unfortunately, sometimes we as black people, and this happens to white people too, let's not get it twisted because a lot of white people are in positions because of nepotism and then just because of tenure. You know, they started at mm -hmm. 18 and they've been in these companies for 40 years. But sometimes, unfortunately, us as black people, when we're put in these positions, we have a bigger scope on us. They're watching us. They want to know, one, how did you get this job? What do you know? Do you know what you're doing? How you do you know all of this? Up. Right. And then you have, unfortunately, you know, the people who may report to you if they're black, white or whatever. They're also looking like, oh, this is my supervisor. Like you got to prove yourself. I remember you need them to work for you. Like, you, I like yeah, that's I how I feel about my guys. Like, you need them to work for you. So you, you got to be firm, but not an asshole. But at the same time, like, I remember going into teams and, like, everybody kind of side-eyeing you. And then after 30 days, you kind of feel that the vibe is changing. Because it's like they're testing you. They want to see, like, do you belong here? Not that they can do anything about it. But if you don't, for lack of better words, prove yourself... That's where the respect doesn't yeah, come in. And that's probably any profession where if you go in, you eye and your boss or your supervisor because you want them to know what they're doing. They're but telling unfortunately, you what to I do. think we're harder on each other. Of course we are because yeah. of that conditioning and that mentality of, oh, you the supervisor? I can do that. Like, I want that position. So, yeah, I don't want you to win like that. And it's fucked up that we condition and think like that, but... I can acknowledge that I've I've seen enough of it that it's like, damn, like, what the hell's wrong with people? Um, are women harder to work for than men? I think so. I Me think personally, I've never worked. Well, go ahead. I, yeah, I have. Go ahead. You have? Yeah, like I yeah, because I'm, you may not have direct uh, people that you report to, but no, you work I, with project managers. Yeah, and I work with a project manager who was the head of a construction. Um, she worked for a real estate. A real estate company and she was the head of construction and because she was in a male dominated mm. industry the lion um, i'm just gonna call her miss lion yeah all right i know you're so talking about she was a man in high heels like nice like nice lady outside i guess outside of work i guess but at on a construction site she was a a a vulgar a, 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 a menace like she would say anything out her mouth to the men that she gave contracts to that she gave that she knew your company wants this one million dollar job and she would come in there and people would almost like get the work straightened up like the like the person signing a check was coming in and she would come in to the point where she would like 
catch guys off guard, like smack them on the ass, ask them how's it hanging, like just stuff that you would you would think if I did, like I would be and in this jail. Me Too era, yeah, like I would be in jail. Or if you did in her profession in a corporate world with people at the water fountain and you tap a ass, I'm like, how's it hanging? Like that ain't gonna fly. Mm. But in the construction world, coming from a female, men were like terrified of this lady terrified probably of this terrified lady. because one if you give in to her advances is it going to put your job in jeopardy two but but wanting to like keep that distance because you never knew how far she would take it but i think the fear and the tension on the job site was because of embarrassment i don't mm. think people were scared that she's going to take it the wrong way because she didn't carry it like that she okay. carried it like you know, I'm. I don't give a fuck. Like I'm talking just like y'all talk, but people just were in fear of embarrassment of what she would say, like like almost mm. like she had tape on people or something, or knew everybody and had like Polaroids in a box or something of everybody. But people were petrified of this lady, Miss mm. Lyon. I um, you know, I've had, and I've never worked for a a, a woman other than her. Yeah, or work with a woman. I've had experiences um, working with men, and I'm just going through, like, the Rolodex in my mind. Except for one, all of them have been great experiences. I think I can remember four different men that, five different men that I worked for, great experiences. Some of the best leaders that I've had. Um, I worked for women who have been great. Some have just been so-so, and some have been horrible. So... In that case, and and they've been black. The, I, I have not worked for. I worked for one white woman. Um, I had one white woman who was a leader, but and she was great. So I don't even have anything negative to say about her. Um, yeah, the the negative experiences that I've had, unfortunately, have been with black women. And you know, I have had to take a step back myself in some situations to say to to kind of think like, is it me? About what? Like the 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 negative situation that I had with um a black woman who was my boss, and I come to the conclusion it wasn't me, but I did want to kind of evaluate myself because you it, it's sad that you have to look at it like that way. Like, why is it a black? Now again, I don't want that. Don't do me no favors just because I'm a black woman. But at the same time, like there's a commercial that plays that talks about that sister girl network that we always will have in America. And I it has proven to me to be true. Like there are some women that I, I don't even know, but because we may have had to work together, or I had to ask them a question or they had to ask me a question. It's kind of like that secret handshake thing through the computer. Like we're going to help each other out if... But again, it has to be earned, not just because you're a black woman. Mm -hmm. If you're a black woman and you're not doing your job and you're making it hard for me, now I'm not going to ever throw anybody under the bus. I don't believe in calling HR on people unless it's 1,000% necessary because that's like calling the cops. What's necessary? If you have a person on your team that calls out every Monday, that goes in the bathroom for 45 minutes. No, I'm talking day. about an issue that I'm having with somebody, not a leadership issue with, like, my team. Okay. Yeah, a situation like that, you you writing a story for yourself. I don't have to call HR. You, We're going to have this conversation together, and the chips going to fall where they may if they need to so call. So what's it take for you to go to HR if you have an issue with somebody that's not a leadership problem? 
I mean, if I'm having a problem with like a leader or somebody from oh. my yeah, I don't mean with my team. Like if I have a leader, like I'm gonna address it. And I mean, what if it, it doesn't get better? What if it? What if that person's in a position like there's not too many people you can go to to fix it, or like you just kind of stuck? Well, I was in that situation and I was on my way to find a different job, but luckily God came through. You know, and I I'm a t I think I might have told y'all this story before. This lady was crazy. I actually <coughs> well, I'm getting into the whole story, but I'm just saying. No, I'm just why does it have to be like when we see shit on TV and we see like a neighbor get into it with somebody, they end up moving. You ended up wanting a new job. Like, is there anything in between them? Them, them, them treating you wrong and you leaving or wanting, a, wanting to be somewhere else. Like, could is there anything in between there where you kept your job and they were dealt with? Unfortunately, like you said, in corporate America, when it's not something that is tangible, that like this person ain't hitting me. Right. They're not like stepping on my foot every time they walk by. They're not calling me names. So it's like when you're going to you know, HR to say, look, this is, these are the discrepancies we have. And they lying. They not telling the truth. They're making up stories. Then, it, then, you know, it kind of becomes like, and that's another thing too. Unfortunately, as black women, it's like, oh, is this just like black women being bitches? Are they just being catty? So you got to kind of, um, when, again, CYA, start having things documented. You know, conversations documented. Okay, per our conversation today, you know, uh, whether you saying you know, I didn't like the conversation or I didn't like the direction of it, whatever it is, and it, it's just unfortunate that you got to go through those steps, and that's where it gets to the point where it's like, nah, I'm just looking for another job. It's it's it, it is crazy because if you have if you're a supervisor in the corporate world and you have a team of six people, and you have a girl or guy who comes in forty five minutes late, and you said. You know, try to, you know, get on your time. Don't, you know, be, don't be tardy. And they, they came to work 45 minutes late the next day. And you was like, damn, I thought I asked you to, you know, straighten this out. And they said, get the fuck out of here with that shit. Why can't you fire them? Well, that's, well, I can't, but that's, that's different. That, that's like I said, something tangible. Them straight well, out using profanity and or what's tangible about but hold on let me finish what's tangible uh, tangible about that if they said that to you isn't that the same as going in hr saying he said this to me and him saying i didn't say that it's more it's like he say she say so where is it tangible hard evidence that you can fire that person for them saying get the fuck out of my face with that because nobody heard it but you and them well i mean in that situation they may like so if you if went up to him and was like it's purely a situation where it's your word against theirs, then it may, it may, depending on the circumstances, as they may believe what you said, if it's like, okay, this supervisor wouldn't have a reason to lie, mm -hmm. or it may be a situation where they decide to maybe place that person on a different team mm -hmm. if there's some conflict there. So that can go different ways. But if it's like, when I say tangible, like they say something like that, and other people have heard them, and you can go to HR and say this happened. Now, if you what if say... people don't want to be involved? What if people be like, I don't, I didn't hear it, I ain't got nothing to do with that. This ain't the streets. That? People are people will be involved. Okay. Well, I, I don't know. It's the corporate world. I don't people know. People will be involved, and they may say they don't want their name documented. But somebody will answer. Yes, yeah. I did hear, heard him say that. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah. Um, that's so <laughs> fucked up. Um, so what's been your experience working for uh, black people? 
good, bad, indifferent? I will say it has been more good than bad. There have been some negative experiences go from both reporting up and those reporting up to me. Um, I think it's unfortunate that that stereotype comes along with us, but I think that we can help improve it again if we reach back. If you have team members who you know have the ability to do better, have those real conversations with them to help them grow or be the example of a leader so that maybe in the future they can do better. Because I think that's what really defines a great leader, not just being a boss and telling people what to do, building new leaders. I love when I have like team members who get promotions or, you know, I, like I'm have moved on to a different position and now this person is supervisor of a different team i be feeling like that's my child that done graduated like i helped you do that like right. I, so that's i love to see that um in terms of leaders i think like people who i have reported to i think finding those people and that you can trust and i don't mean trust on a personal level trust on a professional level seek out mentors, you know, people you can ask questions and look to for guidance um, and just kind of build that network. So I think my experience has been more positive than good. Unfortunately, the negative experiences I have had have been with people that look like me, but it has been more positive than, than bad. I don't have any experiences, but I hope that I, I mean, and I've gotten f feedback from people. I actually work with somebody who I've taught like you know majority of the things that he knows and i would if he was to go back to you know he because he's capable of running jobs and if he was to go back to that i wouldn't um hold him back from that although he's my partner now mm -hmm. but um reaching back for people in my profession is hard because mm. i don't think people know what it feels like to have a three million dollar one million dollar project in front of you you got six people or four people to do it, and you got six weeks or eight weeks to get it done. And I don't think that the, the people understand the pressure, and you can't um, be but so patient, and you can't um, reach back for people that can't, that don't have a certain skill set or or the skill set aren't to a certain aren't isn't to a certain level. So it's hard to reach back and and construction it conditions you to um like you you only you, you'll be exposed if mm -hmm. you reach back to, for the wrong person and right. a lot of times you don't want to vouch for bad people like that's just yeah. my thing like i i have too much to lose too much of a reputation and the jobs i do are too important to me to have a person that kind of you know puts conflict in my day like i don't have the patience for trying to show you this and show you this or break you out of bad habits or tell you why you ain't supposed to supposed to do shit. Like if you come to me, like be at a certain a certain level. And I don't know whether that's right or wrong, but that's what construction has conditioned me to be like when it comes to reaching back for somebody. Like I can tell in my profession who knows what they're doing, who doesn't. So it's not like you can tell me, oh, this is some guy I gotta teach. And it's like, nah, I can tell by his body language, the way he uses tools, that it's too much of a gap. 
Yeah. You know, well, you're you're right. Vouching for somebody who you shouldn't, it puts your integrity in yeah. question. So you can't I never want to do that. And I'm, I'm a, and to be honest with you, it's kind of scary. It's it's like a scared feeling. Like, like I'm not trying to hold you back. And I, I hope that things work out for you. But if I got to vouch for you, I don't know if you're going to get the job. Like, right. I just don't know because... You could fuck up something, and I don't want to take that chance on my name because I care a lot. That's the only reason. Not because I want to hold you back or not because I don't care, but because I care a lot about what I've put forward. And people have to have not just the skill, but the will to do the Mm -hmm. job. You can know a whole lot, but if you don't have the will to really work, or you can know a little bit, but have a whole lot of will to grow and get better. I'm willing to take on that responsibility of helping people grow. But the first chance that you show me or like you give some pushback, I'm not yeah. investing my time and energy if this ain't what you really want to do. Like, I, I, I'm grateful for my job, but I, I'm not, like you said, I'm not going to put my integrity in jeopardy to help somebody or to vouch for somebody when... I ain't sure about you because you ain't sure about you. Yeah, I, I can't do it. That's a strong word to vouch for somebody. I've seen that shit go left so many times. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, this person's good. Or I vouch for him. And you shouldn't have did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's not good. Um, good things. Not so much bad things, but good things about black folks. The Golden Globes. Angela Bassett. Quinta Brunson. Mm-hmm. Zendaya. Tyler James Williams. All won Golden Globe, so shout out to them. Um, yeah, oh, we shout need out our to horns. Them. And Abbott Elementary, that show you like won uh, Best Television Series. And it's about Philly. I, I can't believe you haven't watched it. Quinta Brunson, she was the she's the creator from Philly. Um, shout out to her. Yes, that's awesome. Evan Peters also won a Golden Globe. I don't know who that is. Oh, you know who he is. He's Dahmer. Oh yes. wow! Okay, yeah. he did. Yeah, he played a good. Yeah, he <laughs> might not ever be able to get a job again because people are always going to re- say he's Dahmer. He, he's going to have to dye his hair. Yeah, and look completely different. Um, what have you learned? So I was doing some research, right? And um, New York State is one of those states with the st- and this may not be new most information. Other people, yeah, it's not. It's the most strict. Most strict gun laws one of the most strict um and for those people who may not know you know gun laws that may be applicable in new jersey delaware pa do not apply in new york like you could be traveling let's just say from new jersey to connecticut and you want to take your firearm not to hurt anybody just maybe for protection you might have a um, license to carry a license to carry a concealed weapon or you may not have a license to carry and you separate you know you put the gun in your glove compartment maybe the clip in your trunk and if you're traveling through the state of new york and are stopped yeah, no matter what reason you have it could be a great reason now, not to say all cops are going to give you a hard time but they rightfully can because no, they will. Ex- they will. I think the mandatory minimum is a three to five. I'm just saying, not all cops. That's if you got a gun, you're going to jail. Every cop. That's all I'm saying. We if can't. you get pulled over with a gun in New York, I think every cop will take you to jail. That's okay. how stringent those laws is in New York. Okay. And this I would, has been. This is documented. Like. 
I would like to think that there's one cop that you can be like, look, I'm sorry, I really didn't know. I'm going to Connecticut. I'm getting out y'all state. I will find a way home without even coming back through y'all state. Now, maybe they won't, but Jesus, that's so sad and crazy. It's, but, but, and that was another thing I read. Even your reason, even if um your reason is ignorance, like you just truly, absolutely didn't know, doesn't matter. So why the fuck you think it's gonna be a cop when they have a loophole that says? No, I'm just saying that's isn't. the law. How many, I mean, there are some cops that turn their eyes to stuff like you, but I'm. I mean, to your point, they may not. They may not. Everybody may take you down, but the law states that that's not a a, a reason to allow you to be exempt from it, which makes sense because everybody would just claim ignorance. Yeah, and the cop know that's an arrest for him, a felony on a jacket he got, yeah, and a gun off the street, yeah, they're not letting you go get, get your ass out But of that's here. a shame, like a gun off the street, if it's a legal gun, would it, why, why are you, every gun doesn't need to be taken off the street, but I get it. Yeah. Nevertheless, that is what I learned, um, that yeah, that is... Yeah, that's, that's that. And just to let y'all know, next time y'all see me, <laughs> I will be a year older. Beyonce, did you learn anything this week? Um, okay, she'll tell us later. Okay. Um, I've learned that um, I've tapped into a different, and I don't want to stay on this too long, but I've tapped into a different, um, a different pain. Mm. And... Um, just, um, I don't know what the expectation of dealing with it is or, um, how it will resolve itself, but it's something new that I'm learning about myself and it's a new feeling that I've never had. Not that it's a good feeling cause it's not, but, um, I've tapped into a certain level of pain that I've never experienced in my life. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's something that I learned. Um, Three grams. <laughs> Fuck that up. Um, you sacrificed the notebook for yeah, the joint. Three grams. Uh, the tank fight. Tank uh, whipped that ass again. That was a great fight. I wish he was there. Well, well I don't. Not with the melee started. Well, that was small. and We possibly wouldn't have been in that section. But a melee started when we was at the the fight that we went to. They was fighting there, too. Yeah, we the see a big guy fight. get knocked down the steps. Yeah, the last tank fight, they fought at the bar. They didn't place. stop the fight for it, but they fought. Mm -hmm. Um, The tank fight, Meek Mill got into some shit. Um, Meek Mill was in Ghana, got his phone took. Meek Mill did a video shoot at the Jubilee House in Ghana, where, you know, a lot of people said that's disrespect. Um, do some people feel like Meek Mill becoming that friend like when you say like who over there and you be like Meek over here and you're like nah I ain't going <laughs> wait so I missed the piece about what's the, the Jubilee House the like? Jubilee House is like the White House of Ghana um, they don't let Ghanaians Ghanaians uh, perform or, or you know do secular stuff inside the um, the Jubilee House it's the White House to them uh, or their version of the White House, and it's a pulpit for the minister of, or whoever the head guy is over there. He, that's where he holds his sermons, and that's where they do all the government business at. And Meek Mill shot a video in there. And With when, their permission? He said he had their permission, okay. but he didn't know. I don't think, you know, it's all in, in, in wording. Like, yeah. I'm going to take a picture, and then you filming little shots to, so you can put together in a documentary or a video and being in there dressed in basketball shorts and a t-shirt, 
What are they again? Ghanaians. The, all the Ghanaians was like, that's flat out disrespect. Like, so, that's not nothing you can do in your own White House. Why do you think you can come here and do something like that? Well, you can. It's just not appropriate. But my, I How think, would we get close to the White House to do a, a fucking video shoot in there with Joe Biden? No, I'm saying that they allowed him in there. Like, if he got permission just like he did there. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I want to attribute this to ignorance, meaning he just wasn't aware, which I think goes back to... Just having a better a better camp around you, um, having your friends with you who are loyal, stand by you, stand by business. That's all well and good. I don't know like who his PR people are. If he's managing this kind of stuff himself, Rock Nation. That's that's his is that his PR too? That's all in one. That's his management, his PR, everybody. Okay, but so was this something? I mean, so okay, because. Whatever his reason was that he went there, was it music related or was it yeah, his it was reform a, it related? It was a or festival was it... thing that he went there, had a performance there, and you know just was around. So okay. I think he went to meet some people and some some dignitaries and, and I, things I, like I, that. I blame it also on his management and PR team because they should have done their due diligence to say, okay, this is going to be your itinerary. This is where you're going. This is the um, statutes of this particular location these people like the this, this venue the, yeah these are this is who you're visiting this is what's appropriate what's not appropriate because it's a different culture right and he may just not have known i would not think and i maybe you know i want to extend some grace that if he knew he would have just disregarded it yeah he issued an apology and i'm not shitting on me because having him and and, and and Kevin Hart just gave the schools in Philadelphia seven million dollars. That's amazing. So that's you know, shouts out to both of them. So that's that's just like dope shit. But and as he's growing up, I you know, I just hope that he, he has a better team around him. And better and team even as far as Rock Rock Nation. And you can't be at boxing matches fighting fighters. Like you just that's just yeah. not, you know. I think that when it comes into play play I, I don't know if he drinks or whatever. Yeah. But he actually said that in his apology. I had a couple shots and I let the best of me, you know, get some words get out of my mouth that shouldn't happen. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean you you gotta think and it's all about growing up too. Who your people talking to you. Go out, have fun. Maybe not have some drinks. If you know you get a little loose in the lips when you get the goose in you or whatever the heck people drink nowadays, then you know, when you at these kind of events, chill. Because, like, you always tell me, wherever there's men, there's always a low level of violence. Mm -hmm. The last thing you need is alcohol being the flame to that fire to, you know, ignite things. And they're just talking about sports, but going back and forth about what they're seeing. Somebody can say something slick that somebody don't like, and now it's up. What I will say, do you, I don't know if you got this in your uh your your three Wait grams. Okay, let's see. Um, second gram, Demar Hamlet. It was discharged from the hospital, and it's out and it's walking and Thank talking you, and all that good stuff that you know that God lets us do. He is on IR, done for football for the year, um, and we'll see how it goes next year. But out the hospital. That's great. You know what I did read is that he, whatever his contract was. There was some kind of provision in it where, like, he would get paid this money. Mm -hmm. it's, but if he went on IR, he wouldn't. Yeah. But they worked out some kind of agreement where he will. So that's awesome. Yeah, give that's him awesome. Full three, $3 million. If he went on IR, he would have got, like, a 1.2. Yeah. Or something like that. So, yeah, the NFLPA, that's what the union's for. They stepped up and 
you know, got him his money. I saw a clip, and I want to talk to you about it. Maybe we can talk about it a different time because I know we talked about the NFL last episode. But it was this guy, had no clue who he is. He was just giving talking a lot of information about the um, NFL. I want to get your perspective on it. I think something is going to happen in the near future that's tragic. And I don't mean to be cynical about shit, but all planes was grounded today. Like, all flights in America was stopped. And I think that the government or FAA... And I don't know, it, it, they kind of do shit like that just to see, like, the, what do you call it, the uh, response, to, like, the, top, the timeline about some shit, but just to shut down every, the ground, every plane in America. So this is what happened. A power outage or some shit, or a, They a said there was glitch. a system glitch, right? But, and I don't, I, I don't get into the whole conspiracy theory thing, but I do know this as a fact. But that's what I was getting into. Oh, I'm sorry. Just Go ahead. Conspiracy. That, I'm just saying, that's how I look at it. Well, like this but but I think it's, purpose. but no, I, I think it was bigger than that. I do know this for a fact from the industry that I work in. That when there are breaches, security breaches, so let's say, you know, you Target releases a statement or Home Depot saying, oh, our systems were breached and they contact, you know, people who have used their cards because your information may have been exposed. Anytime you hear about those stories, that happened like six months ago. They're just now... They have to do what's called an RCA, a root cause analysis, to get all the details together, figure out who was impacted by it so that they can notify the appropriate population. Because everybody may not need to be notified. So they have to do all of their fact finding before they let the world know or the people know. I think this is indicative that this is scary as hell that the FAA got hacked. I think because this, now this is the thing. So a couple days or a couple weeks ago, you remember it was all that from all that um, confusion and conflict with Southwest Airlines. Mm -hmm. We know Southwest Airlines being a lower budget airline systems are probably which they said that was a result of their systems needing a major update. They were old. How do you have systems that control airplanes? Flying in the sky with bodies on them, requiring updates and being old. So you're, they're old, they're not updated, leaving them susceptible to hackers. And so I think Southwest Airlines, they kind of tested the waters and they breached their system. That's why Southwest Airlines had all of those problems and they were up and running. And then I think the hacker said, let's go. And they hacked this entire system and when the FAA caught wind of it that's why they had to ground all planes until they put their security analysts in play the the people on the the black web to say whatever y'all got to do find out who this is shut it down get them out of our system because there's no way in the world you can tell me the again the FAA this is now not just Southwest Airlines mm -hmm. but that the FAA is allowing their system to be so old that they even said that the system was old so that if one thing glitches it knocks out the whole system how when you got planes in the air and that you need to make sure that they don't crash so that's my theory like you said I think their system got hacked. I think that they will never tell us that. I think in some of these White House correspondence that's classified times 10 years from now, somebody's going to release that. Remember in 2023, January, that, that when all, like you said, all the planes got grounded, something is going to come out that's going to let us know, like, it could have been a tragedy. It's the last time that 
I ever remember that happening it had to be 9 11. When they grunted all planes. Yeah, but I've never heard nothing like that on the news never. except for 9 11 that all planes in America were grounded. It's like, how the fuck can you do that? And when you read the story or the story that I read, it was written so politically correct and careful. Like, you know, they're still in their fact finding stage to identify the source of the. Y'all grounded every single airplane. Y'all fact finding. So whatever glitch, you would think that you would think it's something glitched in the FAA system that it would be like one of them big red lights that would start flashing. I think their system got hacked and that, they just ain't telling deep. us. That was deep. That was way further than what I was thinking. But that's deep. Yeah. I, I, I think China agree. or Russia got them. Because I've never, I, I don't like, like, yeah. How do you, you're? It's twenty twenty three. How do you have a system that can fucking that malfunction when a plane's got like, I don't know, ninety thousand moving parts? Like, how do you just have something where one thing goes wrong and it's fucked up? Like, uh, uh, it's fucked but, up. But but and now let's not forget, we've seen the um the documentary about the seven thirty seven the seven thirty seven max planes mm -hmm. and the stuff that they let slide with that they're never gonna release the information to us. The, you know how many people would stop flying if they knew that the FAA was hacked? Yeah. Like y'all are supposed to make it? sure planes don't fall. Yeah, who hacked it? More terrorists if you're gonna be up there, they're gonna cut the fucking computers off when you're up there, the engines off. Like who's in the system? That's supposed to be a a firewall that's like government protected. Like, I don't know. You're supposed to have the top hackers in the world on your side to protect that kind of shit. And you got to think about this, right? The FAA. So, so first it happened with Southwest Airlines, which I think was the test dummy. You got all these different airlines. Why would the FAA have to shut down every domestic flight in the country for a simple computer glitch? So you would think whatever is happening on the East Coast shouldn't affect the West Coast. Like the, the, the air traffic controllers on the East Coast ain't looking at planes on the West Coast or ain't looking at planes in the... Like there's different air traffic control centers. So for their entire system to be out, it was yeah, bigger than a glitch. I, I knew something was up with that. Um, one thing I do, and this is not a fourth grand, but one thing I do want to touch on is... Dana White, the president of the UFC, slapped his wife a week ago on New Year's Eve in, 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 in Cabos. And nobody's talking about this. And I just don't understand, like, I, I do understand the disparity in reporting black people who get in domestic violence mm -hmm. situations and white people who get in domestic violence situations. But already he is, you know, obviously it's on video, said sorry and all that stuff and is moving on. But not as nearly as much publicity and and coverage as a black a Ray guy. Rice. Yeah, a Ray Rice, Which was a Chris Brown, a, a Bobby Brown, a, any a, like anybody you name, like anybody that is caught doing some something shit like that is thrown under the bus, dragged through the mud, and he wasn't. Can and I, that shit's on video. Can I tell you what it reminded me of when I seen his apology? That I said, wow. You know, we know the Karens of the world. They'll get on the they'll get on TV and cry about a situation when they do something wrong and they're caught because they want the sympathy. The Kins of the world, who are the male Karens, they have this thing they do that's just like very dismissive. Like I'm apologizing for it. My family's dealing with it. I don't want to talk about it. We're moving on, and it's like 
That's just supposed to be it. Yeah. Like, they just look at it with just this dismissive tone as like, all right, I'm apologizing now. It's none of your business. Keep it moving. Nothing and it's almost here. like you're couching it when you say like, you know, this happened on New Year's Eve. We're good bad. now. We're good now. You know, me and my wife been together 31 years. It's the first time this has happened. Um, we're good, though. But I, I'm sorry about what everybody saw. I feel bad. And, I, you know, me and her apologize. Like, it's just like, damn, like, where's the outrage for a dude slapping his wife on camera? But you know what? And every and then and you, when you read the comments, it's crazy because... And I can't tell who's men, who's women by the names that right, people have. Right. And you know, who know who the fuck knows. But so many people are like, well, she hit him first. What's up with this double standard? Why does she get to hit him and he don't get to hit her back? Like at a whole and you can and I guess you can tell by the um the the verbiage in the comments that it's it's guys because it's like, you know, how the fuck do all these women get to hit us and, and you can't you can't right. defend yourself and it's like that that kind of shit. It's like man, I can't believe how many people took that approach. Like, am I am I not am I missing something here? She hit him first. And well, it's like, damn, like that's what everybody on? Well, let me revert back to your first gram to give a shout out to a strong black man who is protective of his wife. I love the video of Stack Stephen Jackson oh, yeah, yeah. at the fight where he shut it down. Yeah. I was like, that's exactly how my husband would be. He told her, sit down. We ain't moving nowhere. Yeah. We ain't moving. Like these seats, I paid for these yeah. seats. We ain't moving nowhere. But and the sad part about it was he showed a picture where she had this big bruise on her leg and he was like, this is why I was acting the way I was acting. Because these supposed to be men but who are boys y'all just get up to like bum rush a situation where nobody even ended up fighting without having any regard for the fact that there are women present but seeing a man stand up for their woman like that shout mm -hmm. out to you stat that was dope because i know my man will hold it down like that too mm -hmm. um that's it for the grams act to the podcast episode 105 um act to the um, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Radio Public, TikTok, Breaker, Spotify. It's Spotify? Spotify. That's where you can catch us at. Beyonce, did you get all that? Actually, sure the podcast, episode 105. It's your boy, International Wall. It's your girl, Tosh, and Beyonce. If you fuck with us, you fuck with us. If you don't, you should. Peace.